Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to a new season of Canon Talk. I'm your born and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Good to be back. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. I mean, we were planning to do one a bit earlier, but I mean, we were kind of pressed, especially with your travels and that. Um, but back into the football business, uh, a frantic transfer market for Arsenal. Uh, we opened the season already up with Marquinhos from Sao Paulo for three million. Then we, in, I mean, something a movie that actually caught us totally off guard was Fabio Vieira from FC Porto for thirty million. Did you hear anything about him? No, after that? no, I didn't. And initially, I was a bit skeptical, you know, when you hear the signing Fabio Vieira, you're like, who is this? Um, you know, that's not what we asked for, and. But when you kind of had a look at the glimpse of what the player adds to the game, I mean, you know, you told me as well that he reminds you of, like, you know, a bit of a sisk type yeah. player, like, hard in the tackles, but can also give some through balls. And I mean, I think one thing that, that, that was actually a big bonus, where you can actually see people in the media always sometimes also don't know just everything, because, look, that thing came out of nowhere, because I think within 24 hours when the news broke, the deal was done already. And from what I heard, like with him talking to the media, he said, I think the Lee, it was already about a month before where things were getting finalized and moved on. And I mean, where I was surprised, where, uh, you know, the way Porto allowed him to leave, because look, he was the one that ended up taking over from Luis Diaz when he left in January. And I mean, he was almost like able, like a lot of people thought, I don't know if that guy's name is Vitinha or something, or Porto. Everybody thought this guy's going to carry the mantle alone, like with uh, Diaz gone. But I mean, Fabio just ended up, you know, springing to life and made such a huge impact for them, even getting as far in the Champions League and wrapping up the Portuguese league. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what we were asking for. Um, you know, may have not been a high profile <laughs> signing in inverted yeah. commas, but, you know, we started getting deals done quite early. Um, that's what we were always were wishing for and yearning for, that we could sort things out before you, the actual pre-season game start, and it seemed like they kicked the wheels in motion quite well. Yeah, that. and then uh, 4th of July, I mean, look, we already knew, like, about a month before, Gabriel Jesus uh, coming in from Man City, 45 million, probably our, uh, you know, almost like the uh, glamour signing of, of the season so far for us. Um, what was your thoughts with him coming in? You know, I have to be honest, you know, yeah. not not looking kind of post-signing, but I have to, for me it was a bit you know, underwhelming at mm. first because yeah. you're looking at the guy that's struggling to you know, feature in a Man City team and sometimes when he when he was in a Man City team, he wasn't bagging as much goals you'd expect. You think to yourself, this guy has De Bruyne, Bernardo, Silva, Sterling, all these type of guys around him trying to set him up and... You know, not getting as many goals as one wanted. And, you know, as a Arsenal fan, I think we thought we wanted to, uh, you know, not saying a Haaland type style, like Haaland itself, but that type of player who's mm. fast, strong, you know, and has a you know, high profile to his name. But, you know, I think you were satisfied that we went in and, and, and got the player. So, you know, a lot still needs to be proven to me you know, as we, we go on with the season. I mean, I fully agree with you because I think... When my mindset was, was on Darwin Nunes, I thought yeah. this is the, the be-all to end-all. And then afterwards, I started thinking, you know, yeah, Calvert Lewin should also be a yeah. decent target yeah, man. Yeah. But then, you know, when you start crunching the numbers with regards to another letter, you could see Calvert Lewin had like a bad injury track record. And when he, he almost like missed a chunk of Everton season, which almost like put him in that sort of dilemma that they were in latter part of the season. I was thinking, you know, is that the 
somebody key to bring in with that sort of problem that's going to be almost like overshadowing us constantly. Um, that being said, he's not come in. I mean, a, he's almost like immediately gelled into the team, as we'll get into still. And I mean, quite a positive move. And then the next big deal that came in was uh, Oleg, uh, Alexander uh, Zinchenko from Man City also. 30 million deal on the deal done on the 22nd of July. Um, I think it brought a whole new dimension to what he's capable of, especially with us always being concerned about Kieran Tierney's uh, injury, you know, injury track record. And, and look, I think we mentioned it closer to the end of the podcast where we were talking about having somebody come in that's actually going to be able to help the team in that latter part of the season where that was almost like a key point where he was almost like always getting injured. And I think it was like two, se- two successive seasons where Kieran Tierney misses the last third of the, the season. And, and Kieran Tierney's been pivotal to our success, you know, it's because we so we rely heavy on him for attacking prowess, uh, you know, bombing forward, I think the Zinchenko deal for me actually excites me to an extent. I mean, I know also he's not, you know, a high-profile player in terms of inverted commas, but, yeah. you know, the what he's done in Man City, playing at left-back, and you have somebody that can add some legs possibly with yeah. Thomas Party in the middle of the field, I mean, I think... He can get around as well, and they could even add a new dimension to Xhaka's game as well, because Zinchenko gets stuck in, and Xhaka can just kind of, you know, play the quarterback type of role. And I mean, uh, something that they were analysing the other day, they were actually showing when Tierney does his runs on the pitch, he does all his own, like his damage going on the outside, as you would say, that choke on his boots type yeah. of fullback. Whereas Zinchenko's going to be someone he's going to always try to, he'll try to beat you on the outside. But he also has a tendency to come in and also like set people up or slinging the ball into the box. Yeah, and his crosses are quite, you know, good as well. And I think the Isu signing, I mean, you know, he's not the, the tallest player, but if you're comparing him to Lacazette, not that I want to yeah. compare players, yeah. but, you know, he's always, you know, always steals in at the near post or he makes sure he tries to get his head onto something. So, you know, definitely a lot to, to look forward to, I think. And then, I mean, look, we're now, we're just going to like, rush through the, the pre-season games. Um, we started off with Nuremberg uh, on the 8th of July. It was a 5-3 win in Nuremberg. Um, Jesus with two goals, El Nene, and then like Arsenal forcing roughly two own goals from them. Then we had the USA tour, where we took on Everton. Uh, 2-0 win there, Jesus again on target, Saka as well. 21st of July, we flew to Orlando. There again, we played... In one three one, Martinelli and Ketia and Nelson on the score sheet. Uh, then I mean, for me, the big test that was coming in, of course, the media title for a player down post match. But I mean, Chelsea came in uh, in the, one of our penultimate uh, preseason matches. Uh, went in full strength. We also tried to go, you know, toe to toe with him. We end up sweeping them aside four 0 Jesus Odegaard, Saka and Lacunga on target. And then of course, with the uh, Emirates Cup being a one off game. Uh, we ended up uh, playing Sevilla. Uh, we won that game 6-0. I mean, I was kind of shocked the way we blitzed them in the beginning. And look, you you were still touring with your girlfriend yeah. and then came to watch the second half. Yeah. And I mean, for me, watching the way we blitzed them, and I mean, you saw the highlights also post-match, it was a sort of game where you could see Arsenal playing a level of football that... Look, I don't want to make too much of a comparison because yeah. you also don't know what sort of state Sevilla we're, we're in. Because look... I think for that match, they also had like a makeshift defense since they sold Kunde yeah. to Chelsea. But I mean, that being said, we still had to play our natural game or the game that, that Arteta is now drilling us into. 
And I mean, it's a fast tempo. It reminds you a lot of, or reminds me a lot of the way Liverpool play, where they make things so constrictive, where you're gonna either make errors or you're gonna be constantly forced on the, you know, on the ball on your keeper. And by the time he gets the ball, there's about two to three players already swarming him, so his options are always like being minimized. And it's so, I mean, what was your thought? Now you've now seen our first, and I know you since you've been on tour in Europe, uh, you've not seen too many preseason games, but. From what you have seen so far with highlights packages, with uh, bits of the live match you watched the other day, uh, what is your thoughts on the style of play of Arsenal? Um, I, I got to say that you know, for a long time, it was kind of a, a pre-season that you actually you know took note of this Arsenal side. They seemed more driven, they seemed more focused, and they seemed more settled more than any other pre-season that I've seen. And I think it kind of bodes well going forward because, mm. I mean, it showed yeah. that this team was on the same page. Arteta had his players and... It's something that you and I, and I think most Arsenal fans, have cried out for season after season to get everything sorted so the team can have an actual pre-season together, gel together and take it to the next level. And I think, you know, the, the closing down from what I've seen, it's in, in together. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you would see Odegaard the only yeah. one chasing the players and no one's doing it with him. And you see him telling the people to come. I mean, even Alexis Sanchez days, you know, he would shout the rest of the players to come. But it just seems this team is more of a unit. I think last season has made this team stronger and I think there's, there's a bit of hunger and, you know, I, I'm excited for this season to come. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think also you actually see an actual style of football being yeah. played now because, as you now mentioned before, it looked disjointed. If, if It doesn't help you if you're going to have one guy pressing and two guys slacking off or yeah. two guys attacking and one guy slacking off and that's going to give you the channel. Now it's like we're giving teams no chance to play through channels else are going to, uh, you know, uh, like play themselves out of trouble. And that is where Arsenal were always giving up position when we were, you know, working ourselves quite well in the final third. Uh, now, with for me, analysis of the preseason, this is something I mentioned to you, like, you know, like personal talks now that, since you've been here. Yeah? Um, I just think when you look at the sort of preparations we did last season, it looked, in a way, shocking yeah. because... We never look like even in the games where we played. Um, I'm not sure if that was a season where we played Hibs and, and Rangers. Yeah, yeah and it was, it was also very shaky. I think that was also the yeah. Did we lose to Rangers? I think. And it, it led also to Saliba getting, getting fast tracked out for the loan yeah. that we spent now at Marseille. But I mean, that being said, also then we had that whole tournament being played in London because of COVID restrictions. So we played Tottenham and Chelsea, lost both, but also did not. Ever like because I mean for me it was a headache for me that the Tottenham game especially we never looked in in it at all like we looked almost like everything looked short and I, I was just worried going into the preseason that that was gonna you know be our, almost like our shortcomings there yeah. and then it also then you know kind of started going pear shaped for us as we headed, headed into the first three matches of the season where we lost our three on the bounce last season so for me when I see now this sort of form look. So, sometimes they say, oh yeah, you can be a flat track bully. But for me, I just find it also escalation of how our performances have been this preseason. Because if you think 5-3 in Nuremberg, look, we were two down. Yeah. Don't forget, we were two down in that game. And I mean, we ended up bringing on the like the big gun second half and immediately we changed the game. With Everton, I wasn't too impressed at first, but because I mean, Everton were coming almost like they're going to go and take out legs and ankles and whatever. They didn't really come into play football. Because, I mean, they in, in their defence, in a way, it was also their first uh, pre-season, and they were kind of, I think you could see they were ring rusty, mm-hmm. I mean, also with just picking the ball around. 
But then, I mean, when you see you when we played Orlando, finally we're coming up against a team that were giving as good as they were getting from yeah. us. They, so it, like, it took us, it took hard work to break them down to get that 3-1 win. And then, I mean, with Chelsea, I think then all of a sudden that sort of plans that Arteta has been training them at started gelling together because you could see the, the, the fluidity. I mean, at, I mean, I think I saw WhatsApp to you the, the message where, uh, where I said they actually playing Chelsea drunk. Yeah, yeah, I remember you said Because they didn't know what the hell was going on and then by the time they played Sevilla, it's almost like, you know, you have like a master plan played at home now. Like, it will probably be our formation. And I mean, look, he has tweaked uh, like second half with games now where you can see he's not trying out a different formation. But I mean, for me, uh, what I noticed also the, with the preseason tournament, I mean, I also jotted down as key players. Uh, it's like you saw Jesus, what he's going to bring to the club. Uh, Martinelli looks way sharper now. He's, I think he's also bulked up somewhat. Lokonga looks better in a more advanced role. Because, I mean, he was almost kind of kept away from doing his old role that we saw him last season. We, he tended almost like to struggle a court on yeah. the ball. Now he looks way more adventurous. Saka, I mean, his attitude and that speaks for itself. Gives always 100%. And another big up I need to also give, uh, I mean, I didn't jot it down. But I mean, Ben White has not come in at right back. Because, I mean, look, at, at the moment, it looks like our first 11. Look, we're still going to get to that Palace game. But it looks like we're going to go into tonight's game against Palace with Zinchenko as left back, uh, Gabriel, and then, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Saliba. And then at right back, Ben White. Because, I mean, at the moment, they've. Like, look, Ben White, that has been played against Chelsea, Sevilla, and, I mean, they look very comfortable as a unit. What I like, what I like about what I'm seeing about this team, I think, is that squad depth. You know that they have. I mean, you talking about Ben White playing right back, you have Saliba who's centre back, and it's not to play that you know you're gonna have to bite your nails and watch. Yeah. It's a quality guy. The guy got, you know, young player of the season in league and um, Saliba, yeah. and then you have. You know, Ben White, like you said, you can do a job with right back. So the defense, like if you if you look at last season's going into the first game compared to this season going into the first game, that back line, even though it's kind of a newish back line, it's a solid back line. It's yeah. experienced players that, you know, they have that hunger and want to win. So, you know, and the speed in that back line, I mm. mean, if you're going to play a ball over the top, Saliba's not going to, you know, labor to get there. He's going to get there, make a tackle. Yeah. And like you mentioned, like, I know, I, I, he doesn't go off his feet very like yeah. just like it. So like I mean even that Mbappe, I don't even remember that PSG game where he, he was marking Mbappe out. I mean Mbappe tried to get away from him, and you know he was there. So I think the back line, you know, whether you you're gonna take Tomiyasu or whether you're gonna have Ben White there, or you know there's gonna be a solid back line. There's not gonna be any kinks, chinks yeah. in the armor basically. And I mean when I think of. When we emergency used Ben White last season, he looked rusty. I mean, you can see somebody that's just been thrown into yeah. full something. This time around, you actually see somebody that knows what he's doing yeah. now. He, he, when he sees nobody's tackling him, he's carrying the ball over the halfway line. He's also like, look, since I'm sure he's not somebody that's really going to, uh, you know, go and, and, and whip in a cross or whatever, but he knows if I get myself over the halfway line, I've got Saka and Odegaard in, the, in central, so I, can, I have that option of playing the ball there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then you've got Saliba, as you now mentioned. Somebody don't go off his feet much. And I mean, this is also the thing that that person that was giving me the the heebie-jeebies last season was you got Gabriel and uh, White giving almost like stupid free kicks away when just a, a bit of upper body strength would have yeah. done the trick. And this time you see, like, I've now watched a few games now with Saliba where when people are, even though the speediest players 
of whether it was Chelsea or Sevilla, he's just making his upper body, like he's stiffening his body up, and the people are like half bouncing off him. Yeah, no, it's, it's I mean, I was start of last season, I thought, you know, maybe the guy's attitude wasn't right yet. Yeah. The kind of video that was out as well, that, you know, you you think, ah, you know, is he going the good enthusiasm route, but, you know, the, the fact that he's, 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 he's showing what he's worth, it, it bodes well for the, this team and, and going yeah. into the season. Yeah, so now we go on to the uh, pre-match uh, news of Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. Um, of course, they are preview, as I said, of the opener. Uh, it's now second season running away from home this time. This time at Salas Park, you know, taking on Crystal Palace. And I mean, if you think of the last trip there, it was almost like a total, total nightmare. It was the beginning of the end, basically. But yeah. Almost. yeah, that, that, that uh, Champions League chase. Uh, we're going to come now up against an ex, you know, like an Arsenal legend, but I mean, ex-player. But I mean, he kind of knows, or at that point, he knew that our various kings, what's going to stop us. And look, he even said post-match of that 3-0 win of this, where he said they knew they were going to starve Odegaard of the ball. The rest of the team are not going to do much to, you know, scrap it and then do something for position. And I mean, you could see it, it was almost sort of like we were already riding our luck. In certain aspects, and but just never really looked in, in this game. No, it's like we never kicked into that second gear. As I said, we were just laboring and laboring. And I don't think it was just after the international break, after you know, we, we picked up a quite a few wins, and they just dominated us in every aspect. They were quicker to the second ball, they yeah. were winning everything 50 50s. It was just you know, Arsenal were also. I would say, you know, not taking the chances because I think you still told me, you know, we were thinking we were 2 0 down at half time and you said if they just get one goal in this game and then they can change it. But I mean Odegaard missed a few chances, Smith mm-hmm. kicked the ball straight to the keeper. So it's gonna for me it's gonna be a very intense game. But I think I think you know, if you take on things on pre season, Arsenal, if they can take that form through, I think they could put a good result in and I think yeah. a strong start for us will give us a lot of confidence and and this is the kind of result we need where you can say, you know, you know, we, we, we're turning that corner slowly because if we don't get the result, yeah. you know, I'm not saying we're going to say the season's over, but we're going to yeah. ask ourselves, you know, what has changed? Yeah, because, I mean, look how easy it was every time. And, I mean, the uh, Crystal Palace last season when they played us, whether it was home or away, I'm like, we get too, uh, like at that point now, we got like too confident, too cocky, push up, and then all they were doing every time was just moving the ball out from there off. Yeah. It ends up floating over everybody's head. The defense were pushing up too high, like way too high, and they end up getting caught over and over and over. And I mean, I don't know if it was that game also where one of our players was also lucky not to get a red card for a pro a professional foul because they also end up having to chase a long ball down and having to hold the, the player down. If it was Zaha or Easy or, or uh, Townsend, I forgot who the players were on the night. But I mean, it's something that. that we, I'm sure we now kind of corrected that, you know. Yeah, let's, let's hope so, because, I mean, we don't be making the same mistakes as we did last season. I mean, you know, you and I have have gone through so much stress and yeah. so much um, um, trials and tribulations. But the one thing that does concern me going into, you know, the season as a whole yeah. is that there's no out-and-out replacement for a Thomas party. I know he's Anzinchenko, yeah. but I mean, you know, he's not going to be that ball-winning midfielder that's going to do the job what party does. And I feel that, you know, because he's been so injury-prone, there should be a guy that, you know, can can do the same job as him that will kind of keep him on his toes as well for his mm. position because, you know, he picks the injury 
picked up an injury while watching yeah. the thing. I mean, I know Tillemans is probably still, you know, out there to get, but, you know, will he feel the same with all those Thomas party? Yeah, I mean, good, good, good uh, point you brought up. Because, I, I mean, I, look, Arteta said also uh, yesterday, we're certainly not done in the transfer window, because, I mean, I think there, were to, there was talk of one to two players still coming in, and, I mean, I think we're now also just riding the wave of, of, of um, you know, the whole positive vibe going on right now because you kind of also forget we still got the whole of August all yeah. to get business done. So, I mean, <clears throat> they haven't disappointed us so far. I mean, I fully trust what Edu has been doing, what Arteta has been doing now, and now uh, with Josh Kroenke and Sam Kroenke even now, you know, really bolstering the club financially to show that we can, like, you know, get into the mix, hopefully, in, for the top four. And just another point with regards to the match uh, tonight. Palace already on an unbeaten run in the league at home for 13 matches. So, it's going to take hard work to break them down. But, that being said, Palace have been very erratic in pre-season. Even, I mean, Patrick Vera called it also out um, yesterday when I was watching their press conference. Because he also said he, he felt they've also <coughs> excuse me, played too little pre-season games. Um, they still now have injuries to some of their new signings also. And... He's also like very cautious of, uh, you know, bringing them into the team again. So, I mean, I'm quietly positive for tonight. I mean, I know you're going to be traveling to the Netherlands in the next couple of hours now. Uh, so, I mean, you're probably going to be looking for scope for yeah, a pub to watch tonight. Yeah, I definitely will be looking for the pub, especially to watch this first game, you know, that can, uh, it's always good to get off to a good start of this season. I mean, I think as Arsenal fans, we haven't had that in a while. You know, where yeah. we just go out that first game and you know get a solid start where where teams take note of us. So, you know, like you said, and, and I know that you 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 mentioned that um, about. I want to also mention about the striker as well. Um, I know it's still like you mentioned that it's still August, it's still long, but mm. I still feel that we we still lack that that tall presence up front, that, that kind of a target, man. So, yeah. you know, hopefully that gets done because I think in games like <coughs> this, you know, Asus, you know, it's going to be interesting to actually see what he's going to be capable of because, you know, Crystal Palace is not uh, a team that's going to, you know, be like, they have big, strong centre-backs. Yeah. old school team. Yes, so it's going to be, I think, a good test to see, you know, how Asus is going to be up against them because we only have Asus and Ketia who can do the job up front, so you know, there's no that plan B of we can woof long balls mm. in. So, big test for Jesus, um, and I think I would like him maybe to you know just get off the score sheet tonight because I mean scoring in preseason is one thing, but you know breaking that duck in the in the Premier mm. League for your club can really set the tone for how your season's going to go. Yeah. So with that being said, as we now round off the podcast, um, look, I know you're still now doing your European adventure yeah. for the next few days, so. Uh, but I think when you're closer to heading home and that then we can already do our, uh, you know, sort of adjusting how we're going to do our recording yeah. times and, that, and when we can get into the swing of things like yeah. back to normal. I, I don't know, before we, we end up, um, for you, what, 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 you know, we asked if you go back to last season, you know, we asked us what your target would be. You said Europa League. I think I said Europa League. And, you know, at the end of it, we weren't happy. But in hindsight, you know, that's yeah. what the target was for. You, this season, what is going to be your target or what will you be happy with? I mean, look, we've now eaten a, ta- like a number already roughly of about 300 million on two transfer windows. Yes. So, I mean, I honestly believe that should get us top four, at least top four. 
And almost like as as far as I run, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I actually would like some silverware. So yeah. even a domestic trophy or Europa League would be fine. But for me, priority should be also. I mean, a lot of people say yeah, trophies and whatever. But I just think for what we have planned, especially with this project of Ateta, I really think just to get even if we just uh, you know get the top four, but also do a top four where we also leave fourth place at a distance. So we know it's done and dusted. We don't have to always look over our shoulder and I think Because for me, it's something like we, last season, we kind of bottled it when we had, you know, we had everything out there in our hands and the constant looking over our shoulder and, and sloppiness in our game, that's what cost us. I agree with you. I think that, that, that constantly looking over your shoulder means you have to be playing at the high tempo all the time and get results all the time. And any slip up you make kind of throws all that hard work out the way. I think, like you said, top four is a must. You know, yeah. we've always had, as, as, as Gooners, always yearned for the trophy. But I think top four is a must, you know, because we need to show that we are up there with the teams in England. You know, you hopefully can come afterwards or uh, EFL Cup or yeah. FA Cup. But I think top four is just to show that we've progressed now from eighth to fifth to third or fourth. Yeah, fully agree. So, guys, enjoy the match tonight. Let's hope also some other results can also go our own way quite early so we can start the whole train going. Take care, guys. Bye. Have a good one, guys. Okay.